Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today is part of a duo that started with wanting to create small batch handmade leather goods and has evolved into multiple stores producing Florida-made leather, grooming, and gifts, all made in Florida and all showing that Orlando never sucked. Please welcome the talented Seth Daniels of Freehand Goods. What's going on, Seth? Not much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's always uh, I know you guys are always busy, so I appreciate the taking a little lunch break with me today. Oh, of course. So tell. So I guess my first question right off the bat is, since it's around lunchtime, what is your go-to sandwich lunch? <laughs> uh, it's a tough one because I I did have one, uh, and they unfortunately stopped making it, but it was at La Femme de Fromage. Okay. Uh, right here in the East End Market. Yep. Um, she used to have a sandwich called the Chocolate Elvis. The Chocolate Elvis. Yeah. What was in the Chocolate Elvis? So it was a, you know, a, a grilled cheese idea type setting, um, but it was peanut or not peanut butter, uh, chocolate, bananas, bacon, and then instead of peanut butter, which is the classic Elvis sandwich, peanut butter and bananas, uh, she used this uh, Norwegian cheese called Yetost. It was technically cheese, but it tasted like peanut butter. Really? It was really wild. Very, very complex. And and then you have grilled cheese, smash it all down, everything melts together. And that was like mind-blowing. That sounds amazing. It was really, really, really good. But it no longer exists, unfortunately. So, so. what is it now that you can't have that? <laughs> um, I feel like I'm going to get like 50-50 support or flack for this. But uh, I love the Publix Thanksgiving sub. Okay. But it's like okay. a leftover stuff yeah. that they do yeah. with like the ch- chopped up turkey and yep. walnuts yep. and yep. <laughs> cranberries. I usually, if I ever order that, I usually end up buying uh, either having using leftover stuffing or buying. I've actually bought stovetop and I've actually made it just because I'm like, it feels like that's what's missing. Yeah, it's either that or like mashed potatoes or something that and misses some of that. <laughs> um, so no, I totally get that. So tell people a little bit about freehand goods. Tell if they don't know what it is, give the you know what, tell folks a little bit about it. Sure. Uh, you definitely had a very apt and concise description of us. It's Jacob and I, my business partner, um, making things we like, leather goods, grooming products, lots of fun you know, designs, T-shirts and uh, artwork based, just fun little goodies. Yeah. Um, and again, as you mentioned, we're definitely very uh, uh, driven by the fact that Jacob and I are both Orlando born and raised awesome. here our whole lives. That's awesome. And I think that really comes across in a lot of our, our things. Yeah. No, I think so. It does. I think it does as well. So um, how did the two of you guys meet? Uh, we actually we had a mutual friend um, who put us in contact because Jacob was looking to have some leather goods made for his store that he used to have, a retail store off Park Avenue called Outfitters Ave. Um, and like I said, we had a mutual friend who told he told him about me. We got in contact and I made a very small batch maybe six i think things for his store but you know being handmade leather goods are at a decent price point but because they sold out so quickly he suggested we attempt to maybe start our own thing uh which we did and we started with a an old uh like world war ii yeah 1978 military trainer yeah something like that i think it might have even been older than that because it had only two wheels it was really weird you had to like balance it on this truck um and so i would make the stuff at home on the uh, pretty much on the weekends and then he would take it out and go to events because um, he you know during the week he still had his shop and work there and i was actually a barber um, so i still had to do that during the week yeah and uh, we were very fortunate to actually do a 
a month-long weekend pop-up here in the parking lot at East End Market. And after that, uh, John Rife actually offered us the spot that we are in, which was probably the best possible thing that could have ever happened to us as a business. That that's incredible. The fact that so a month. So was it basically a month? You did you take a month off, or did did Jacob take a month off in order to do to kind of man the man it and be kind of like a little pop up in here? Uh, no, because it was it was a month long, but it was only on the weekends. Oh, only so on the weekends. Saturday and Sunday for okay. like eight hours a day, but for an entire month. Uh, East End used to do that a little bit, but now yeah. they more or less replaced it with the food trucks. Yeah, um, but that was that was pretty much where it really started taking off. That's that's <clears throat> crazy. And then did so. Tell me a little bit about because I know that in, and that was one of the things that I researched was like, well, I guess let's let's rewind first. How did you get involved with le- doing leather work? Because obviously, I know like you were like you said you were a barber. So like how. Where did that come from? Like, was that, you know, where did you um, learn how to do leather work? Because, I mean, that's obviously not something that everyone learns how to do. That's actually an easy one to answer. Um, I started doing leather work because I I wanted to make myself a motorcycle seat, basically. Okay. Uh, me and my buddies sort of come from the chopper world. And I had always really liked these hand-tooled, intricate seats that I had seen. Uh, but they're super expensive, thousands of dollars. Uh and I'd always been pretty good with my hands. I grew up in a woodworking family. So I thought I could probably do that. And I actually found uh, this antique leather craft kit on eBay antiques. I bought it for like 200 bucks, uh, but it actually had all the parts and everything in all the tools, hammer, little scrap of leather. Uh, and I taught myself um, from that basically. And then I found like two other really old leather crafting books also on eBay. Um, and I, I taught myself from that uh, because at that point, there was no leather on YouTube. There was no instruction. There wasn't this sort of like renaissance that leather crafting is having right now. Yeah. Um, so there was nowhere to learn it um, because that was actually now, oh gosh, almost 18 years ago. So I've been doing leather work for a long time, well before freehand, but I'm, I not mostly only did uh, custom work. You yeah. Know, whatever anyone wanted, I pretty much make. And it usually involved more of the hand tooling that I don't do a whole lot of anymore just because it is so time consuming. Yeah, but I've been doing it for a long time. You know, never really got much of anywhere with it, but I love doing it, and I made enough money to you know buy some equipment, sewing machines, and whatnot. Um, and I'm just very thankfully kept it up. I was gonna say, I'm like you, you, you know, it definitely led to something because it obviously led to, to you guys now having two stores. Yeah, uh, you know, and kind of, and it's amazing. <laughs> what I think what's very interesting is the fact that like, so what. How was that conversation with you and Jacob after doing the pop-up? Because you were doing weekends. I mean, either you must have just been either selling out of stuff and constantly trying to create things. But, like, how was that conversation? Because you're now going from, hey, we both have, like, I have, you know, Jacob's got a shop. You have your own, you know, totally different industry and your own job. What was that conversation like to go, holy crap, we have, like, this great opportunity inside of East End and, uh, and we can actually be a part of this, um, which obviously the concept of East End, if you want to kind of give a little bit of a concept, but at least from my understanding was originally it was supposed to be kind of like a small space to be able to give people an opportunity to open small businesses. Um, and but you guys have been here for now a little bit over five years. Yep. Um, so how is that conversation with you and Jacob like to kind of make that decision of we're going to take the plunge and I'm going to, you know, we're going to own a store? It was definitely stressful, but more so exciting um it, it happened pretty much just like you said every 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 day here that we were popped up almost everything was gone so i would have to 
basically that same day stay up all night and make a bunch of stuff as much as I could to you know drive down here and bring uh, to Jacob and uh, once we got offered that spot that was the sort of do or die moment because um, obviously you have to commit to it yeah. to have something like a brick and mortar store it's no longer just a hobby um, and you know over a couple beers uh, Jacob and I discussed that and he asked if I would want to be business partners with him um, and exactly how much time I would be able to devote to something like being in a store yeah because he did want uh, me to be the face of the company because I'm a little more used to being sort of in the <laughs> in the spotlight I've been a musician my whole life so it comes sort of naturally to yeah. me but uh, uh, but I, I was very very fortunate at the time um, I had a partner who did well and was willing to basically support me because the way I did it was I would work the first half of the day uh, in the barbershop and then the second half of the day I would come here and take over for Jacob who had been here for the first half um, doing half days basically and then all day Saturday and Sunday I would be maining the store here in East End open to close um, and almost the same thing that happened as with when we were popped up we just kept selling out of everything selling through everything so quickly we couldn't keep up with it the store was almost constantly empty uh, so that was when gosh probably maybe two weeks after we opened the decision had to be made of I don't think I can be a barber anymore I, yeah. I got to do this uh, because this had also the store here in East End had become my workshop so I brought yep. all my equipment and everything somehow crammed it into this tiny little space um, so that was the only place I could do any work anymore uh, so to work that much I would have to be here all the time correct um, and it was scary but again I, I was fortunate enough to have that support system in place at the time and uh I took that dive and man you know it, it's still surreal to me how much it has paid off yeah um to to have been that brave was and, that <laughs> was that like a gut thing like where you're like i because like it was like hey i really love this and i could see something like this and obviously you're seeing outcomes because things are selling out so obviously people that helps quite a bit obviously the demand for it but i mean i i can't imagine like having to make that decision you're like well crap i've been doing been doing been a barber for like 14 15 years and all of a sudden now i'm going to be going and doing this full time uh you know how was that kind of thought process? like that i mean that there's there definitely got to be some kind of gut check or gut or like or something inside of you going uh i think i'm ready it was honestly about 50 50 like you said that that feeling in my gut like i just i just know this is going to work i yeah. feel like i was made to be doing this um and uh also the other half of it was the evidence like you said like the fact yeah. that it was it was clearly working um it still didn't make it, you know, per se easy to just drop my career. Correct. I can imagine. But man, I'll tell you, I was, uh, I was at a point where I was really, really ready for for a change like okay. that. Just having been in the world of hair for so long, between managing salons and barbering and being an educator, uh, almost twenty years in that industry, um, and I was just ready for something different. And yeah. I really only ever had this creative outlet as just that an outlet not as an actual uh career i guess yeah i can call it now <laughs> what at the time and at the time what was like the most popular things that you guys were selling and are they still the same popular items that are constantly being sold you know now that are as popular five years you know five years in <laughs> um uh, yes and no it's a little difficult to compare because when we opened here in east end you would probably have laughed if you saw how 
how little we had. Okay. Uh, we had, uh, gosh, I think it was like three leather wallets uh, and a belt and then like four shirt designs and maybe five grooming products. And that was literally it. We had almost anything. And the only thing we sold was stuff that I made. Yeah. Or, or Jacob. Um, he had always been making the candles from the beginning. So we had a couple candles too. And we did used to actually print all our own shirts too in the shop. Uh, you're cutting out like the linoleum blocks yeah. and then roller ball printing them in the shop. Uh, but that didn't last very long. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, there's only so much time in the day that yeah. you can kind of do, can do that. How long does it take you to do a wallet or like a, like your keychain thing or any, or anything like that? Like what's, what's the usual time frame just to give someone an idea of like how long leather work. And obviously you're, you're become now you do it so much. It's gotta be way faster than where you were five years ago. So, if you want to kind of give like a, an idea of like, hey, when I first started, this is what it took me. Now it takes me this long. Sure. Um, so when you're starting out and you're just by yourself, you don't have help the way I do. Yeah. Thankfully have now. Um, it can definitely be a time consuming process, especially if you tend to be a perfectionist the way I do. You're mm -hmm. really, really concerned with how something's going to turn out. And there are a lot of little steps that all have to go perfectly when you're hand making, I'm assuming anything, definitely leather goods. Um, I would say one you know, standard bifold wallet. Uh, when I first started, probably take me about four or five hours. Um, and that was, you know, cutting every single part by hand, you yeah. know, just a little knife and, uh, you know, burnishing all the edges by hand, painting all the edges by hand. At that point, I was still dyeing all my leather myself, so also doing that. And there's a lot of dry time involved with all of these steps mm -hmm. as far as uh, edge painting and, and leather dyeing and all that. Um, at this point right now, if it were still just me doing it, I could probably finish a whole wallet in about an hour. Okay. <laughs> and again, that's, you know, 16 17 years yeah i was gonna say practice. i mean obviously there's an advantage to that but that's why i was kind of curious like of where it is because i mean obviously there's a there's a certain level of you know as you 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 went from doing it occasionally on like weekends and, and overnights to now it's like a constant so obviously you're constantly producing things yeah. and now you have a team which obviously you would expect i think you have like a staff of 10 now uh, or something yeah, like that within your wild. within your group. So I know that definitely makes uh, makes it very interesting for you when you uh, you know how you kind of handle those things. Um, so besides the leather goods, I know you guys do you know you guys do your own uh, grooming grooming stuff. You guys do obviously the apparel. Um, you guys do like you mentioned you know Jacob and the candles and all of that. So like why is it so important for you guys to do everything? Um, for the majority of the parts, almost everything that's here, you guys have created or built or done. So why is it so important for you guys to do to hand, hand like do handmade, made locally products? Um, honestly, the biggest is just that it's fun. <laughs> um, and then simultaneously, very thankfully, uh, the social mindset, you know, however many years ago now, finally took a bit of a turn and people started wanting that they wanted to support locally they wanted artisan made goods and food and mm -hmm. entertainment um and and that seems to be almost the majority mindset now which is uh, frankly the only reason someone can like me can do what i do now yeah um another part of it too was that we had always told ourselves that should it ever you know work out the way we dreamed which it clearly has um that we wanted to also be able to be a stepping stool for other artists, 
you know, who maybe didn't have the luck that we had or could devote the time or let alone afford a brick and mortar store of their own. Um, and we would curate, you know, other artists, other handmade things um, to be that stepping stone for them because it is so hard to get started when it's just you by yourself. Um, and so obviously then at that point, that would mean we were always going to have the handmade goods and the yeah. locally made. Um, and it kind of harkens back to just loving Orlando. Mm -hmm. And it, everything about Orlando is so much more creative and fun and exciting now than it was, you know, when I was, say, in middle school or something. Yeah, no, totally understand that. What, um, so for anyone, like, if anyone's never seen it or gone to Freehand Goods, um, and their website, like, one of, obviously, Leather goods are amazing. Um, your products are fantastic. When I love the the branding, the apparel, the aesthetics of it. Um, where does the inspiration from a lot of these designs come from? And then I'm also kind of curious because you were also very fortunate because you have someone like super super talented. I absolutely love all her everything that she does. Uh, v Steiner. Oh, so like, boy. so I kind of want to know. Uh, like, yeah, I could fit, totally fangirl for her because she's amazing. But I'm curious on like, how did you guys meet? And, you know, how did that relationship develop? And then, and then how does that, you know, and how does that go into the idea of the aesthetics or the branding of your brand? Um, that was another very serendipitous moment. Um, for a while, uh, we were doing a lot of, uh, out of city, uh, I guess, like shows, pop-ups pop and stuff and like, yeah. uh, farmers markets, markets. Yeah. things like that. Um, and strangely, we had found that we were incredibly popular in the St. Pete, Tampa Bay area. So we were going out there, uh, or Jacob was, uh, doing shows almost every weekend um, because we all just kept doing so well. And that is where V. Steiner originates. Mm -hmm. And she also had a booth set up at one of the shows that we did and uh, you know, said how much she loved our stuff. And we had already known who she was because yeah. she's an incredible artist. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, start out with, hey, maybe do a little collaboration, a designer two, and we'll make some T-shirts. And, boy, did people love that. Yeah. Um, and so just kept doing more and more collaborations. And then we, st we were still working with other artists for our T-shirt designs. Um, and then little by little, you know, they would drop off to go pursue their own thing. Um, and we just really, really liked the way everything kept coming out, you know, between our you know goofball ideas and veronica's amazing ability mm -hmm. uh it really really seemed to be sort of like th this is us it's this like a is great blend are. it is an absolute blend i i uh i'm not gonna lie i get very jealous when i see things come up uh one of the reasons why i'll i'll say it out loud and i'll put it in the universe because i told jacob before i'm <laughs> like i'd love to do a col like some kind of collab with like you guys and get to work with her because you guys i you guys do a hell of a job like i I purposely make it a point whenever I'm selling and I see someone wearing one of your things to tell them like, Oh, I absolutely love it. I'm glad it, you know, I'm like great shop. And I always like, I, I'm always praising you guys when it, with it, when I see stuff. So you guys definitely do uh, definitely great stuff. So I absolutely love it. But yeah, I was always kind of curious on how that kind of uh, materialized. And it's amazing how some of those things happen Truly. when you get like, you know, when you get a good blend, cause then it just kind of, everything just seems easy from there. So like almost a little too easy sometimes, but it's just, you know, Hey, you run with it. Right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that's what made made us think like, okay, we should, we should definitely stick with this because this is very easy and it keeps being easy. Yeah. And she's just incredible to work with. We can tell her like the goofiest things and within an hour, she'll turn around the art to us. Uh, it's, it's amazing to just see her work and to work with her in general. 
and, and it's always perfect. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you probably you appreciate that as a, obviously as being a creative as well to be able to see that someone be able to kind of take that vision and be able to make something happen. Absolutely. I appreciate it and envy it yeah. because yep. I can do a lot of things, but I can't draw or paint. Amen to that. Definitely not the way she can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I know besides your own products, you got and you've mentioned it before. You guys do a lot of um, you know dot, a lot of other smaller brands and stuff like that. I also saw that there is a very big emphasis on you. I think you even called it like kind of like almost a subset, like the fifty. Um, and that's I right. and, and I believe that's in is that at both locations or your own one of your locations or both locations kind of have that same kind of. Um, and then tell people a little bit about what your concept of the 50 is. Sure. Uh, the 50 does only exist at the Hourglass location. That's what I thought. Uh, mostly just for a lack of space. Yep. Um, but what we wanted to do was curate um, you know, a decent sized group of, of goods and items and artwork and various other things that were all 100% the entire process uh, U.S. made, all based in right in the States. Um, and it, it was... It was sort of difficult because there's a certain caliber of, of good that we, you know, want to be representing and have in our stores. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a lot of it quite up to that par. Um, but also, surprisingly, a lot of American, you know, U.S.-based companies uh, utilizing overseas, you know, labor or good, you know, supplies, anything like that. Yeah. Um, and over the years, we had had a lot of people ask, like, about, you know, fully U.S.-based or made stuff. Um, and so that was, where, that was where that came out. And uh, when, we, when we curate th those things, we kind of try to find goods that seem like they could almost be freehand. Because, you know, like, the vibe is yeah. kind of the same. They're, even the branding can be kind of similar. Mm -hmm. And so then almost visually even, it just makes sense for it to be there. It fits in the store. And we, we really like finding brands that maybe have a similar story to us. Um, you know, there's one or two dudes or a couple of buddies, you know, starting something almost as a joke and somehow it worked. And yeah. <laughs> we love love supporting others, you know, that know the struggle the way we do. No, you got to you got to appreciate the struggle. I totally get that. So you guys have two, there's two storefronts, like you mentioned, you have one in the East End, you have the one in the Hourglass. I know Jacob also has the Neighbors, which is also located in East End. Um, obviously, you know, there's tons of folks that probably come into you guys and kind of or brands that probably come to you guys and kind of be like, hey, I'm a small owner and I want to I want to sell my stuff in here or whatever. So I'm kind of curious. I always like to have, especially since I want to be able to inspire people and maybe have them be able to learn a little bit like what are what's some advice or some tips that you would give someone if they were to approach a business about wanting to actually do, you know, sell their product and stuff like that. Like what are some things that you're like? Man, this one time, you know, give us if you have any examples or any tips or advice that you can give someone for approaching, you know, approaching a store, not saying exactly, you know, I'm not telling people to go and go to freehand <laughs> after this, but I'm just saying, like, if they were to want to, what would be some things that you would recommend that they would know or should have or be able to provide a, a store when they go and approach them? For sure. Um, I think to me, one of the most important things is that you hone your craft. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of times I do see a lot of people who are almost overexcited about, you know, the creating of a brand, um, you know, the starting up, making a business out of their, their passion, um, but maybe haven't honed their craft to the, the level that really is required. Um, and even just beyond quality, just 
you have to you have to have what you do nailed down because you have to make a lot of it. Mm -hmm. That would be the second most important thing. Um, you have to create systems to be able to supply the demand that something like a retail store is going to ask of you. And along with that also comes wholesale pricing. Yep. Usually there are you know, plenty of places you, you can do consignment and you know, sell it at whatever you would normally sell it at. And then the they store take takes a percentage. Yeah. Um, but if it's not that, they're more than likely going to be wanting to buy in some sort of bulk, you know, even if it's only six or ten. Um, so you, you got to have that kind of pricing structure ready. Um, you know, MOQs, which are minimum order order quantities. You know, like oh, if you get this, minimum is six of those for you know to make it worth my time. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, uh, at least for me, because I've, I've had people over the years come into the store and sort of try to do a pitch like that for me or they're doing it for like their daughter or someone. Yeah. Um, just uh, don't be an a-hole. <laughs> That's pretty good. There, there's there's a surprising amount of people out there who are incredibly cocksure like that. Um, and I don't know if they don't know that they're talking to the owner or what because I've, I'm usually pretty unassuming when I'm in the stores. Um, but just weird negative energy, like just talk to people, you know. Yeah. Get to know them, have a conversation with them. Um, let them get to know you, you know, because if, if they can stand behind you and like your personality, then that speaks worlds for your products as well. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree with that. You represent your brand. So, you know, kind of how you, how you do it. So I totally get that. What do you think has been the toughest part about running two stores? Uh, very, very specifically, um, not being at both of them at all times. Yeah. Uh, for Jacob and I, it's it's one of the most difficult things to, you know, not turn your back on, but you know, walk away physically, walk away from something that you created, mm -hmm. and hope and assume that it's getting, you know, treated the same way that you would as if you, you know, if you were there. Um, in that regard, we have been very fortunate to have found the staff that we have. You know, they they represent the brand, you know, amazingly. We're all basically a family, so they're just as proud of it. Correct. As we are, and we'd like to bring our employees into the production, you know, in any aspect as much as we can so they can have that little bit of pride. Yeah, in have, it. and have that feel like they're part of it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. What um, What's something that you guys didn't realize, um, having a storefront and stuff like that, that maybe you in the beginning you're like, oh, man, I totally did not even, this did not even dawn on me. Um, to have especially in the beginning part of it because I can imagine like th thankfully there's two of you because some people like you know perfect example myself like I'm by myself so I mean I would literally have to live here if I was uh, <laughs> if I had a spot unless I hired someone but like what's something but like that you kind of didn't realize until you actually uh, you know started owning having a shop that you guys realized um, I'm sure Jacob already knew this but for me it, it was a lot of the, uh, the legal side of it all the different permitting and the licensures you had to have and tax stuff and all that because I'm I'm not the businessman I'm yeah. the first to say that um, I'm, I'm, I'm just the maker um, so to me that was all that was a big world because it seemed like it was a lot of things you had to do a lot of red tape uh, for something as small as this is yeah but that's the reality of, of business um, beyond that I know that's a lot of people probably already know that kind of stuff. I would honestly say uh, exactly the kind of stock you have to keep, um, you know, to not have your shelves go barren. Because once your shelves are bare, it's not it's not a good look. People don't like yeah. that. They tend yeah. to kind of 
stay away because they think you know whatever thinking in their head oh they're going out of business yeah i was or, gonna say they go, <laughs> going out of business even not they're not looking at they, no one ever looks at it the positive like oh wow they sold out of everything they're not looking at it that way they're like yeah. oh they're not doing well yeah they're not they're not reordering yeah. or yeah. whatever um that, that was a shocker especially for something like t-shirts it, it's especially after now after almost six years it's it's absurd how many t-shirts we we go through yeah um and i would have never thought in the beginning that you'd ha we would ever have to think about always having that you know that kind of number of items on hand mm -hmm. of anything <laughs> what um what advice would you give someone for wanting to start something um i, I would go back again to the honing of the craft that's such a huge one um just because there there are tons of people doing everything especially these days you know i as much as people think like oh i'm the only leather worker in central florida no i i specifically know at least six other ones that have something similar to freehand um thankfully none of us do exactly the same things so there's yeah. not really a, you know a, a competitive atmosphere there but there are a lot a lot of us and so for the most part, if you do something like that, you have to assume that there are a lot of you out there as well. Mm -hmm. So you really, you gotta be on the top of your game. That's gonna be one of the biggest things because if you're going to stores trying to get your your things sold there, um, there's a good chance that somebody else is doing the same thing and they're not gonna, they're not gonna want competing products. So they're gonna pick the what best. they assume yeah. or deem to be the best one. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's just always gonna be what it comes down to to me honestly um and the other thing is uh serendipity obviously played a big part in our success <laughs> so do you think i always i'm always kind of curious about when, with that because i think there's a certain area or idea of serendipity and luck but i also think that like you create you create it right like i mean and it's kind of one of those where like i feel like when a lot of people be like oh man you guys got lucky everything fell into place did it fall into place or did you guys make it because you guys have because of all the hard work and everything that comes with it because obviously there's a whole layer of things that you guys created to get to that point to make that luck happen but yeah i mean i do agree sometimes it does you do need that like kind of serendipitous moment to kind of like catch fire but at the same time like i also think that there's got to be you know, there's a reason why your favorite rock band or your favorite, you know, musician or singer, you know, they like, oh, my God, like these they're amazing. But in reality, they've been performing for 15 years and you just yeah. didn't know who they were. And they finally got their moment and got hot. And now they're famous, but they've been doing it forever. That's why a lot of times I jokingly will say, say that when a when a band gets their first album, it's usually like the best because it's like all their years of all the music yeah. <laughs> is like that. I mean, it's like finally an album with like every it's great not song. really their first album. It's not but. their first album. Exactly. It's like the best of the best from all those years. Um, so, I mean, so I'm kind of curious, like, I mean, so yes, like I, I agree with you on that, but I, I kind of interject because like, I was like, there's a, you, know, you guys make killer product and there's a reason why the quality of it is, um, which obviously there, it plays a part of that success. No, you absolutely hit the nail on the head with that. Um, because I, I was going to say that that serendipitous nature of things, you know, being in the right place at the right yeah. time, that only happened because we were out there as much as we could be. So yeah, as as painful as as it is to say this, because I feel like everyone says this, but you just got to be on your grind. I mean, and I'll and I'll try and look, to be in as many places as you can because you never know whose eyes are going to be there to exactly. get on you, and that be you know the one that <laughs> exactly. I mean, heck, <laughs> I, did it. I give you guys props. You guys have two stores. You guys have two stores, and yet I know that you guys occasionally will still do a pop up 
um, in Tampa or somewhere else. And I'm just like, why are they even doing that? They have two stores. And, and but that's how it is. I mean, that's part of the game that you got to do. Yeah. And especially specifically that um, one of the sort of further out dreams has always been to actually open a store somewhere in, in that St. Pete, Tampa area, because it's been pretty much proven to yeah, us that it would that, work. They, they love it. Um, we had a lot of repeat customers, even specific people, you know, returning um, every time we would do a pop up just to get more stuff because they loved it so much. Um, but that might not be for a little while. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you guys, hey, you but, guys, have, but it helps to maintain those relationships. Like definitely, you said, no, sure. definitely, for sure. Um, we both love Orlando. Um, obviously, yes. I'm I was not born and raised here, but I, I definitely love love our city and and I love the fact that you guys do as well. What are some things that you love most about our city? Um, like I had mentioned earlier, I really love just where it's gone, how it's matured, how it's grown. Yeah. Um, you know, having been here quite literally my entire life, you know, outside of a short one year stint in South Florida, um, it, it's crazy to think about even visually just seeing the streets and the buildings mm -hmm. that I did when I was a kid, because I know exactly where all of them are. I remember all of them, not only how much they've physically grown, um, the city's grown so wildly, uh, in size, but again, just that, that like awesome, positive maturity, um, especially along the lines of, of creativity and of, uh, the arts in general and, and the support, yeah. uh, the, the outpouring of support that we got from the, locals of Orlando is the only reason we are where we are. Well, one of the biggest reasons I'm sure yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of other factors, but it, you know, if, if that love wasn't there, then, you know, who knows how long it would have lasted or wouldn't have. Um, and, and that's honestly my favorite thing. And because that is the case, there are so many options now. Mm -hmm. you, there's almost nothing you can't find. You know, you can eat whatever you want and any cuisine you think you can think of it probably exists somewhere yeah um in the you know however many zip codes actually encompass orlando yeah. um and and just that mindset creates a really positive sort of energy and vibe in the city in general you know every, everybody sort of gets along because we're all on our own sort of hustle mm -hmm. no i agree <laughs> we're all trying to make it without you know having to slave nine to five <laughs> amen to that man i amen to that where can people um follow shop and support um and obviously come to the shops Right on. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, right here in the East End Market, where we're recording this, um, downstairs next to Lineage, that's usually how people yep. <laughs> manage to find us. Um, our other, our Hourglass location is right on the corner of Curry Ford and Bumby. It's actually in the Foxtail and Tamalico Plaza, yep. which is another awesome place to be. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, we have a full web store on our website. We sell almost everything that we do in the stores on the site. Um, you can definitely follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and as of recently, TikTok. Yep, freehand goods. Everything's yep. under freehand goods. That's it, at freehand goods. Yep. Nice and easy. For sure, man. Well, Seth, thank you so much for taking time to, to come chat with me. I've been meaning to, been wanting to chat with you guys. Um, I absolutely love everything that you guys are doing. And, uh, and no, I just love seeing you guys and I love what you guys have created. So um, I definitely appreciate it. Um, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for Seth Daniels of Freehand Goods for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check them out online. Um, by all means, they love, I, I know I say this in every single episode, 
take pictures of their stuff, tag on, tag people. If you've bought and you've been to the store, um, support all my, all my guests, because obviously they're all small businesses trying to create things. Um, but definitely if you enjoyed it, definitely, uh, you know, check them out online at freehand goods. Um, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe. If you want to support my brand, Deli Fresh Threads, obviously I'm always down for some sandwich selfies. Um, make sure to do some shopping and tell your friends, of course. Um, thank you until next time. Keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thank you so much, everyone.